Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If I'm Honest with Julia Landauer. I'm really excited for today's guest because we are going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about reframing, how we have discussions about finances, how we think about ourselves and our performance. And you're going to walk away with some really concrete things that you can apply to your own life. And I'm thrilled to welcome Ashley from Ladies Get Paid. And Ashley is the co-founder and CEO of Ladies Get Paid, which is a thriving community of over 60,000 women. Ashley is an accomplished entrepreneur, community builder, marketer, and brand builder who has dedicated her career to empowering women to level up personally, professionally, and financially, aka my kind of woman. So Ashley, thank (laughs) you so much for joining me on If I'm Honest. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So I was thinking back. So I've been following Ladies Get Paid on various social media channels for a little while. But I believe you and I got connected recently in the last couple of years in the Web3 space, right? Like both interested in NFTs. What a journey that's been, right? Yes. Yeah, we were both, I think, I was like, oh, there's another woman. Weird. Like we have to be friends. Like that's literally like what happened. I don't know exactly what the, I mean, it had to be Twitter, but I was like, let's go. (laughs) And it is such a male-dominated space, and obviously it's kind of volatile, but overall, I feel like my experience in the space was pretty positive, and, um, but it's it's new, right? We're all learning a basically new industry. Yeah. How's it been for you? This is like a total... Well, it explains a lot about me and kind of my philosophy also for like running this company is that I always have these really strong desires to like, I'm going to say creep on men, but like what are the men doing to like for their businesses or to make money? And that's kind of what drew me to figuring out crypto. It started actually with GameStop. And then I went from GameStop to crypto to NFTs. Um, I went actually like really deep hardcore. I was like flipping NFTs for probably eight months. Um, I came out six figures revenue positive. So like, I'm good. Amazing. (laughs) So like, that was fun. I actually was in a like paid flippers group on discord where I was pretending to be a dude for three months. And it was like, no way I'd like to just use my initials. So everyone assumed I was a dude and it was the 
one of the more fascinating things I've ever done in my life. Oh, I'm sure. You know, so much of what I talk about in keynotes and stuff is like, you never know what it's like to walk through the world in someone else's shoes. And like, especially like, I think as someone who's like in a underserved demographic and like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that must've been so interesting. What was, it was, wild. was there any like one big thing that you noticed as a big difference in how people interacted with you? And I think you spend a lot more time online and in chat rooms than I do. So I'm not well versed, but was there anything major or was the space kind of pretty topic focused? There were, and this kind of comes with the crypto audience a little bit of um, like very traditional views on gender Mm. that were like, you know, women should blank. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff, which generalizations, nothing nothing new here. And also because they got to know me before I gender revealed, if I have like a gender (laughs) reveal party in discord. Um, No, it was funny. I was commenting on how like ridiculous one of the like NFTs that minted, the art was really bad. And I said something like the boobs are crooked. And one of the people responded like, I bet you haven't even ever seen a boob. And I was like, well, this might be the time. And I was like, I'm a lesbian. (laughs) Not only gender reveal, just totally warping their, their very rigid notions. Yeah. I was like, I've probably seen way more than you, you know? And that was like deep COVID, right? Like not leaving your house for weeks. So I was just like entertained and making money. So that was fine. I mean, to me, the most fascinating part of that was like how unemotional they are about money compared to women. I mean, it is just like a spreadsheet and numbers and like their risk tolerance is totally different. Um, And I think that comes from generally men don't really like suffer consequences when they make mistakes. Right. And like, that's what makes women a little more risk averse. Um, But yeah, they were just like, yeah, just trade in million dollars today. I was like, what? what?" (laughs) Do you think some of that also is it does it go down also to kind of the net worth of people? Or do you find in your experience with like views on finance, especially as it breaks down by gender, are even higher net worth women more likely to be risk averse when it comes to these kind of bigger gambles? Or, or were these guys not really high net worth just kind of throwing around other money or I'm interested in that breakdown. No, I mean, even the ones who are like kind of broke still, they'd be like, I only got like $500 in my bank account. I'm about to trade 300. So like it, it wasn't, okay. um, no, even like high net worth women. I mean, look, there's women who have insane risk tolerance and do trade huge amounts. And I just think there's not as many of them because I mean, I think it's also ego in a lot of ways, right? Like it's really hard to beat the market. You know, so there is that kind of like time trade off where actively trading, no matter how much amount that you're trading, is a huge time investment. Mm. And for the most part, you're probably not going to beat the market. So it's almost just like, is all that work worth it for me to literally be sitting at my computer constantly? Right. So there's some of that in there. Yeah. Um, women are also a women hold more than two thirds of student loan debt. Women make less money. Women have for every dollar a man has in savings, women have less and women are more likely to have to take care of an aging parent. Yeah. Right. So like all of those things and women, of course, also are more likely to be a single parent of a child. Right. Right. So all of those very real things make for very good reasons to not be gambling your money on shit coins. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. No. And I get that. And I like that you brought in the 
kind of all the other elements that don't make it an equitable playing field. Like that's going to be standard for most people. So something that you said, and I'm deviating from my notes a little bit, but something that you said was that you were kind of creeping on the guys to see how they mm-hmm. worked in the space. And that reminded me of, I was with a group and listening to some finance advice. And this was a bunch of years ago, but someone made the suggestion that if you're trying to figure out what salaries are you know, reasonable for your role. Ask especially- a white man. Ask a man. Yeah. Especially a white man. Especially, a white man. But yeah. Yeah. And so I, I had never thought of that. And obviously there's some transparency laws in play now, but mm-hmm. I think that's still so relevant. And I think we, have, we always say when you're negotiating your salary, you need to ask at least five real people what their salary is. And you have to make sure at least one of them is a white man because white men get paid the most out of anybody. Um, you know, we have our Slack group. There's like 60,000 women in there. We've had over 3 million messages exchanged over the course of a couple of years. Um, but we have a salary negotiation channel where women are actually materially in there saying, I live here. I do this for a living. This is how much money I make. And I think it's so important, A, that we've created a space where women can just like talk really openly and they are feel comfortable doing that in that space. But also B, even if you're not specifically talking in there, just seeing people do it, it normalizes the behavior of talking about money. It's like you're lurking and that's having a really big effect on you, just seeing people openly talk about money. But the third thing that I always say is like, if we're all gathered here today because we are underpaid and then we are telling each other how much we are paid, we are literally just in a cycle of underpaying ourselves, right? Like it doesn't matter what you and I make, what matters is what the white men make. So it's like, find the white dudes and ask them how much money they make. Whenever men are like, what's the number one thing I could do to like support women in the workplace? And I always say, tell them how much money you make. Because it's like, that's real and material, right? I ended up at Ladies Get Paid because I had a white man who was drunk at a happy hour tell me how much money the other man who I replaced when he left, how much money that guy made. It was twice as much money as me. Oh my God. 2X right? Literally changed my whole life. Yeah. Because that's how I ended up here, like doing ladies get paid, right? Because I didn't know what to do and I didn't know where to go to figure out what to do, right? And someone a couple days later, like sent me this link. They're like, hey, there's this like event. It's called ladies get paid. I was like, oh, I definitely need that. And like, now here I am, met Claire. I'm the CEO now. That's fine. (laughs) But like, you know, like, but it's like, that's the goal. The goal is to like get or make more than the white man's salary. And that's not some like weird gender separatist thing. That's just like literally data. That is like literally the data. You want to look at like what the kind of ceiling is, right? Like when when looking at kind of what a good range is, you want to know what the top end is going to be and just statistically white men make the most are the highest earners, yeah. right? So yeah, no, I think it was such a brilliant piece of advice. And I think it really also kind of forces the discussion of one, like having the discussion with other people and normalizing mm-hmm. finances, because obviously that's still taboo. And I grew up in a home where my parents were very vocal about what they made, um, what they spent, how much how expensive racing was when they were funding it, like really trying to paint a clear picture of it. So for me, it's been kind of normal to be transparent about it. But I know that it is a really tricky subject. Have you found like kind of what some of the key conceptual roadblocks are for people in general talking about money, obviously, 
you focus more on women. And I think this is a, mm-hmm. I, I personally believe that women's financial literacy and independence and understanding is such a key to overall success and well-being and confidence and all of this stuff. So it's super important. But yeah, are there kind of more conceptual things that are blocking these discussions, especially among women? Yeah, I mean, we're generally socialized to like be outside of money, right? Like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, how many people will say that like, you're a woman who has a brother? How did your parents treat you versus how they treat your brother? And oftentimes, like the dad will talk to the son about money, and they won't talk to the daughter about money. I was very fortunate where I am the eldest daughter and my dad talked to me about money. He used to take me every Saturday morning. He would pick me up from my ballet class, like four years old. And he would take me to the library with him when he would like look up his stocks and read the Morning Star. And we would talk about money. And my parents, my mom worked at a bank, right? Like, so I came from a money household. So I don't really have as much of that. Most women will say they don't talk about money or their salaries because it makes them uncomfortable. And the response that we typically say to that is how much money is your discomfort worth? That's such a good reframe. Is $20,000 worth it to not be uncomfortable for five minutes? That's for you to decide. But like, that's ultimately what it comes down to. And that's on the, if you make less money than the other person's side, I think sometimes too, women are uncomfortable. And if they make more money about than the other person, then they're going to feel bad. Number one, good job for you for getting your bag. Number two, you're doing that other person a favor then because she's not getting paid enough then. So you're helping her. I think it's like zoom out of the immediate experience of the conversation and what's the impact of whether or not you have that conversation. On the one hand, how much money are you losing? On the other hand, how much money is the other person losing? That is so brilliant. I'm so happy I asked that question that you said that because... (laughs) Because also it, you know, obviously also researched a lot about women and, you know, we're naturally more likely to be givers and caretakers and want to be helping others. And mm-hmm. so that reframe of you are, if you're making more money, you're helping the other person by- You gotta the, help your girl out, man. You gotta help your girl out. That's oh. closing the wage gap. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so great. Okay. So I want to backtrack a little bit because uh, your your background, obviously right now you're at Ladies Get Paid, but you started for about 10 years or so, a little less than a decade at Vimeo and IAC. So mm-hmm. a nice- tech route. We love it. Can can you share more about how you got there, like schooling or what you liked as a teenager or kind of what led you in that direction? Because I think it's fun to see how people get to where they are. What I liked as a teenager has absolutely nothing to do with any of this. I was one of those just like hyper American, high success achieving children, right? Like my entire life was about where I was getting into college. And like, you know, neither my mom didn't go to college, my dad like delivered UPS packages at night to like put himself through a community college kind of thing, right? Like my parents both had really good jobs. And I grew up very, very privileged. I went to like an amazing public school, lived in a nice house, like, so I had a very privileged upbringing, but my parents worked really hard for that. And me getting into college was like, a family affair. Like it was like a whole family project thing. And that was what I I mean, I, I did a lot of things I loved, right? Like I played soccer, I played golf, I like took dance classes, I volunteered, like I did a lot of things that I love. But all of that was like specifically achievement oriented towards college. And I thought I was gonna be a lawyer. Like that was I saw Legally Blonde. And that was it. Like Amen. literally, at Legally Blonde in Law and Order, right? I wanted to be like Elle Woods or Alex Cabot. And yes, 
Like, that's it, right? So, like, I was getting into college. I was going to law school. That was my thing. I majored in industrial and labor relations, which is basically like work. Right. Right. The It was originally formed like when unions started happening in like the 1940s and 50s, but it, it really evolved into like the concept of work and how do we work and both the labor and the kind of management and the economic side of work. Then it got time for me to study for the LSAT and I was just like, no. <laughs> like I literally just didn't want to. And I... This was also like, it was 2009, right? So like the economy had crashed. I mean, I was, I remember being in an interview in New York City one day at like a bank or something. And I remember like sitting in the waiting room and watching either Lehman or Bear Stearns fall on the TV while I was sitting waiting to go into an interview. And I was like, this ain't feel great. And I'm very happy I did not go to law school. Yeah. Would I make a lot more money right now? Yes. Would I be miserable? Yes. Like most of my friends did. I feel perfectly fine with, I was kind of want to pay for that, you know, like, yeah. And then there was these glut of lawyers who a lot of people like have a law degree and they don't use it. Um, So I did work for a union for like a little bit and I was an organizer for like a year after I left college. I have a little activist in me, unsurprisingly. <laughs> and then I just kind of transitioned into working at startups. And I, I mean, I loved working in tech. I, had an amazing time. I learned so much. Like the stuff that I learned over my jobs is stuff that I lose use here every day. I I did biz dev. Like I was a still like adjacent to lawyering, right? Where I'm like, I'm doing deals. Like I love to do deals. That's kind of what I ultimately realized about myself is I love like negotiating. Shocking I'm here. Right. <laughs> I took all that and that I think is why we were able to be so successful so quickly with ladies get paid because I just like I knew how to deal with people and like do business quote unquote. You know, when I was at Vimeo, I kind of just like topped out and we got to a point where it I just like wasn't a skills match for what I like to do and what I was looking for compared to where the company was at at the time, right? Like this was when it was kind of transitioning from being a more filmmaker focus to a more like SaaS marketing platform that it is now. And, you know, my job was to do partnerships with other platforms, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was like, let's build a connection between X product and our product because the people who use our thing also use their thing. So let's build a thing. When you're in a phase where you're at a company that has a lot of tech debt and there's like pivoting and all this stuff, like the last thing that will ever get prioritized is like, hey, I want to do this partnership where we like build a thing. It just like, I don't blame anyone. Saying no to me was the right decision most of the time, right? Like there yeah. was just, if you're ruthlessly prioritizing, I was towards the bottom of the list. And like I got, it made me have immense practice in convincing people I'm right. <laughs> so I like, love that. That was like, because that's, that's what work is, right? At the end of the day, like you are convincing someone that the thing that you want to do is the right thing. Got a lot of practice in that. And like I learned, but it just, we kind of got to the point where for me to do bigger deals and work on things that were more interesting and more challenging, the resources just weren't there. So I was kind of like, I need to do something else. This was like 2016 when like the world was exploding and people were like, oh, wow, we should talk about gender. And I was like, everyone shut up now. That's nice, you know? And that's when I met Claire who had started Ladies Get Paid and you know, she was just kind of doing like 
events here and there. And after I went to my first one, I just like, I went up to her at the end and I was just like, what are you doing with this? She's like, I'm alone. Please God help me. (laughs) (laughs) That's how Claire and I met. Now we're married. I love that. um, Hey, we all, we all have our stories. You know, it's, I, at the time I was like, I need to find a girlfriend and a new job. And I was going to like pockets of places where I felt like I would meet like-minded people. And again, I was just very efficient about it. I we were talking about efficiency before we started recording. And I think it's I, I think obviously time is valuable, but especially when women bear the burden of so many things that we're responsible for at home, mm-hmm. at work, like learning to be efficient and say no are just like incredible skills. So mm-hmm. I, I applaud all of that. Thank you. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. So with building, and a lot of what you described with your partnership development is really similar to what I've done with my attempts at sponsorship sales and all of that. And, you know, again, articulating where the value is, where the alignments are. I I feel that in getting rejected from sponsorship a lot, that kind of resilience that it built was really valuable in in teaching me to to have full belief and not get that external validation and and mm-hmm. being able to develop that on my own. And I think that with that value and understanding skills and and where where I can provide benefit and help, like I think that that also helps in my own negotiations and mm-hmm. and whether it comes to now I have an agent for speaking, but like when I was building my own speaking career and negotiating fees and you know if I eventually get into a place where I need to negotiate a salary, I feel confident in knowing my value. Do you have a piece of advice for people who are working on trying to get that understanding of their value beyond just like not being nervous about it? Yeah, no. I mean, the number one thing I think to do is start a brag book. This is a thing that we talk about where, so I'll like take a little bit of a step back. So if you're at a job, and this is something I'm very passionate about talking about, you should be angling for a promotion every day that you are at work. Like a promotion does not happen in the one meeting where you ask your boss for it. You should be doing everything in your power to make it very easy for whoever the decision makers are on if you're asking for promotion or if you're asking for a raise or if you're trying to like launch a project. Whoever those stakeholders are, you should spend every day doing things that'll make it as easy as possible for them to say yes to you. And this is where something like a brag book comes in. 
let's say that you work on like client facing work, right? And you get a positive response over email. And they're like, this was so great. Thank you so much. Like outstanding work. Number one, you put that in your brag folder. Number two, you hit forward on that email and you send it to your boss. Bold. I like that. You're like, it's managing up, right? Like your boss, in addition to managing you, also has to do their own job. So you need to make it as easy as possible for them. So if you are doing this year round, and this is a thing that men do all the time. Women are like socialized not to brag or to show off. So it feels really like weird and showy. Same thing in meetings, right? Like men will be like, look at what I did where women are just kind of like, no, I mean, I did my job. Do we need, like, I don't need a pat on the head for that. Thank you. But men do that all the time. If you are kind of just like building that over time, over and over again, in your mind, then there's like a body of work there. You know what I mean? Versus like, oh shoot, I have to negotiate my salary and I'm going to do it one week from today. Right. So then you're kind of just going from zero to a hundred right there. But if you're working on that, over the course of time, you have your brag book and your brag book is for you and it's for your boss. It's for your boss. So when you go to set that meeting and you're like, I need more money, you're in a job interview and you're like, I'm the best person for this or whatever it is that you're advocating for yourself, you have your book, right? Like you can read that before you go in and you're like, here's my receipts. But it's also for you on the days where you feel like shit and that happens all the time. You can just go look at them. Right. Like, and it's not just someone wrote a nice email about me. It's also like, yeah, I like got that thing done really quickly. And I did really like, I crushed it on that deck. Or like, I had a good call today and I really like that. Just write it down, stick it in there. You know what I mean? And then when you have your down days, just read it. Like, oh, look, I did. Cause then it's like you're, you're in your mind advocating for yourself to yourself also. Right. Like, you are spending your time A, convincing yourself and B, you make it really easy to convince your boss because they're already like, The worst thing that you can do is like ask for a promotion on like the actual day that they like decide whether or not you're getting a promotion, you know, like it should, they should already know. And that's like a huge thing that a lot of women don't do because it's like, we're not supposed to, I'm not supposed to talk about myself and be like, look at me. We're supposed to like be quiet. But like that to me is like make a place where you put all your feel good stuff and always Tell your boss about it. I mean, this is like a, a hard thing about like remote work. So it's funny, like the last time I like worked at a full-time job, it was in person. I was about to say, you know, did you have a good call when you're walking back to your desk? If you pass your boss's office, stick your head in there. It's a Slack message now, right? But like anytime that you do something good, you tell people about it because then, you know, a lot of these decisions are made by like committee not just your boss it's who are the stakeholders here you know is it your boss and then the head of the marketing team and then an hr person you got to get all those people right but it's it's you should be building that confidence through small right it's like james clear one percent every day like you get better and then in the aggregate aggregate you have a big impact so it's like if you just take small actions over and over again to demonstrate your abilities you actually believe in your abilities then And you're helping yourself be your own coach. Like that's something that I talk about a lot. It's like, it's doing what 
sometimes an external voice would have done for you in validating you. And mm-hmm. I think learning to do that yourself is so important. So I do want to go back to the forwarding to your boss. Because if I'm honest, when you said that, I had a certain feeling. Did you start sweating a little bit? I had a weird feeling in my gut. And again, I'm a confident person. I know my value. But when you said that, I was like, no way. So if anyone else happened to feel like that. Why did you feel like that? I'm going to put, I'm going to ask you now, why did you feel like that? I think because I have something about with writing, like I'm fine, like in a conversation talking about myself and, and objectively stating what I've done and what was good feedback and, you know, all that, but there's something about putting it in writing. I think because writing, I know that I misread people's texts. I misunderstand the tone and I have no corporate experience. So that's also part of it is that that whole dynamic is not something I'm familiar with. But I I was curious as to like, do you frame it a certain way? Or you're just like, hey, want to let you know I got this feedback? Or is it a blind forward that, you know, you just let them open it? Or is it kind of like, hey, you still didn't answer why you felt uncomfortable? Oh, no, because I think the the because you think they're going to misinterpret why you did it. Well, misinterpret. But yeah, also think of it as bragging, like the the trope that women fall into don't want to be seen as bragging. All right. I fell into the stereotype. Strong, strong, (laughs) empowered woman. Whenever someone says something like that to me, where they're just like, man, that like made me feel a way. I'm like, we are stopping here and we are getting into that. That's same as women not wanting to talk to other women about money. Right. You're talking about this is what I like to call getting in the way of your own bag. It's discomfort that it stops you from doing something that is objectively and clearly good for your career. And I think it's also because, again, like if a lot of women feel this way and, you know, I haven't heard, well, let me backtrack. So not a lot of my friends are in corporate and those who are, are women. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I haven't heard that before. So I think that's also why I was like, this is such a well, Let me, thing. let's, let's put it in the context yeah. of like your speaking career. Yeah. Someone after you talk, give a talk, send you an Instagram DM and they're like, this was so amazing. Like I, you made such a huge impact or like even the person who booked you was like, Julie, this was amazing. You should send that to your agent. Oh, well, see for that. I do for speaking. Not only do I send it to my agent, I have testimonials on my Instagram. Instagram. I have testimonials on my website. So why is that different when it comes to your boss, who is the person who pays you? It's not different. You're so right. You're so right. All right, guys. I'm going to have to reassess what I'm I mean, saying. With the, with the with the forwarding, um, there's a handful of different ways that you can do it. I think the easiest one is like, hey, just wanted to like send this over to like let you know everything's going great with X client. Right? Because like you're, again, you can think about this as like making it easier for them and not you bragging. Reframe that as it's part of their job to know what you're doing every day. Right? Like a question I ask myself at the end of every week and I think managers should also do this is like, what did I get done this week? Right? Like you're helping them understand what you are doing and how things are going. Right. Because think about if their boss was like, what's going on with your team. And if they can pull that out of their back pocket where they're like, well, Ashley just got this great feedback from client Y this week. So like that deal's going great. Yeah. So easy. And and I like what you emphasized a few times that you want to make either your bosses or who you're like, you want to make their life easier and make it easier for them to. That's on our like list of like the best things that you can do. If you want to get a promotion, it's like, number one, do your job. Well, number two, make your boss's life easier and, or make them look good. Yeah. Like we're all selfish. <laughs> like let's, let's like at the end of the day, right? Like we are the most important person to ourselves. So like, if it makes you feel better, like, look, you should not feel weird about, 
being at your job where you are paid to do work by telling people how good you are at the work that you do. That shouldn't be a, a weird thing to do. However, I understand we live in a society with things. So if you do feel weird about that, just reframe that as I'm doing this for my boss to make their life easier. That reframe is so crucial. And I think you can, I mean, so much of what you've said, this this has been so fantastic. Um, <laughs> I, I love that, that reframe of doing it for other people. And I think I really believe, and I'm recognizing that now in different parts of my life, I may live up to this and may not in others, but I really think that, you know, doing things for yourself is also important. And as you said, like when, if you are nervous, men don't ever need that reframe Yeah, of like, I feel okay doing this because I'm doing it for someone else. They don't need that reframe because they're, they're socialized very differently than us. I'm just focused on getting people to do the action. We can work on the framing later yeah but like it is important to call out that like for the most part like women when they make more money at a higher rate reinvest that money back into their communities than men but like that's a very good example there you shouldn't and this is also the like women over index on starting nonprofits. yeah why do we feel like it's only okay for us to do something if it's good for someone else and why do we feel like we can't do something that's good for ourselves totally and i think asking that question is super important, especially, especially when you're getting started. Like what I find, like if you're super established and you have a ton of disposable Mm -hmm. income, like you do you like whatever. But I think especially in those twenties, thirties, forties, when you're figuring stuff out, when you're maybe starting families, when you're just trying to have some in the bank or in, in the stock Mm -hmm. market, whatever it might be like, but I think it goes back to, and I feel like I've heard this analogy a lot recently, but like on an airplane, you got to put your mask on first before you mm-hmm. help others with their mask. And so I think that totally relates to financial situations mm-hmm. as well. And especially, you know, we have to plan if we're having kids or want to have kids, like planning for all of that, planning for expenses. So life is expensive. And in the year 2023, it sure is. And it's only getting worse, right? Hopefully it's better. Bill. Well, I mean, most of it came down. My grocery yeah. bills are still a little gross. But But, no, it's important. Like we we need money. And I think especially for sense of independence and not being dependent on others and, Mm -hmm. you know, and that can extend to our own social and physical well-being. And we know that Mm -hmm. many, especially women, get stuck in unhealthy relationships because of finances being a big part of it. So just all super important stuff. Mm -hmm. You have dropped so many gems. I don't even have to ask my like three tips because you've just given so much and I'll give... (laughs) I'll give Don't a get in the way of your own bag, right? Like that's that's my thing. It's like if there's something that you objectively know that if you do it, your life will improve and you're not doing it, sometimes you could be nice about it and just be like, you can do it. Sometimes me personally, I'm like, stop being a little bitch about it and put your big girl pants on. Whichever works for you. Whatever language you need for your pep talk. Whatever it is, we're all different, but like just do it. Do not... Yeah. There's enough stuff in the world that's going to like throw an obstacle in your way, get in your way, make things hard. Do not contribute to that. Anything that's within your control to get out of your own way, get out of your own way. The mantra that I have for that is there will be plenty of other people who will tell you no. So don't be the one to tell yourself no. Yes. Get out of your own way. Get the bag. Yep. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. Ashley. We're going to end on some rapid fire, but we could keep Let's talking go. for so long. Uh, we might have you back for a second episode if you're willing. Happy to be Thank here. you. Okay. So rapid fire, if you're honest, what are the best and worst products or services that you've purchased? I'll focus on work here. Yeah. Canva is like Canva and ChatGPT. I run 
90% of our business using those two tools. And I know women have a lot of weird feelings about chat GPT. The thing I say to that is like, you get a free personal assistant whose feelings you don't have to worry about. Oh my goodness. Like you can just get in there and be like, help me ask all the questions, do it. And like Canva, I don't need Adobe. I don't need any of that. Same. What is a bucket list item you have for this year? Oh my God. Um, I am working on my quote unquote personal brand. I know everyone hates the phrase like personal brand, but this was another one of those things where I was like, why don't I want to do it? Like I, I got to this point where I was just like, I know that I will make more money and my career will be better and I will have more power in my own life if I have a personal brand. And like Claire has usually been the front office person. I'm the back office person. But I was like, I need to do this. So for me, I want to get to 20,000 LinkedIn followers by the end of the year. So if you're listening to this, go on LinkedIn and type in Ashley Louise and then hit follow. And I promise I'm going to write about a bunch of cool stuff that you love. I'm glad that you said that. I was just about to ask you, where can they find you on LinkedIn? What is an area of your life where you splurge financially? Food. Yeah. Same with me. Food, groceries, restaurants, all that. Wine. I love going out to dinner. I've like been done a good job at like reducing frequency so that when we do go, I'm just like, order the, like, just order it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like we went out, we went out to dinner for Claire's birthday and like ordered 70% of the menu. That sounds like heaven. Last rapid fire, if you're honest, what's something that you're grateful for right now? I am grateful that everything's going great on the baby front. Mm, You know, it's like making a baby when you are not a hetero person is like horrible. Anyone who's going through fertility treatments will tell you it's like insane. It's horrible. You're it's like clinical and intense and like for us it costs yeah. a lot of money, right? Like it's minimum 10 yeah. grand a baby, right? And it's like it's a lot and it's hard, but everyone is very healthy right now and it only took 3 tries, so like we were grateful for that. We didn't have to move on to IVF. We're very grateful for that because that's like a whole other thing um and you know People need to talk about fertility more. I know it like feels like we're talking about it more now, but like I had no idea. I knew it was going to be hard. It is so hard. You know, like it's schedules and shots and like all this stuff. And you're just like, oh my God, but we're, we're good right now. And I am very, very like fortunate and happy for that. And we have a lot of family around and like that is something I'm very grateful for. Amazing. Well, Ashley, thank you for so many nuggets of wisdom for your transparency and vulnerability in your storytelling. I am a big advocate for that. So thank you. Thank you for keeping me honest in why I didn't want to forward it. Listen, we all got to be honest here. Obviously, people can find you at Ashley Louise on LinkedIn. Where else do you want to have people Mm -hmm. tune in? My handles are Ashley L. Louise on everything. And then follow Ladies Get Paid. Ladies Get Paid dot com subscribe to our newsletter we if you liked all the things i've said we send emails from me multiple times a week so you can just get me directly injected into your inbox every day i love that i've read through a lot of the blogs and like just concrete efficient advice that is so helpful ashley thank you so much i so appreciate you coming on if i'm honest with julia landauer and i can't wait for our next discussion thank you for having me
All right. So for some quick key takeaways that I wrote down, because Ashley Louise came with a lot of wisdom. The first thing is when you're about to negotiate your salary, ask the highest earners what they make. And that's usually white men historically. The second thing is to normalize talking about finances, especially women with our female friends and men with your female friends so that we can help everyone level up. The third thing is to make a brag book and to have that with all of your accomplishments for your own personal confidence, but then also so that you can give concrete examples of your success to your boss and your employers. The fourth thing is to invest in automation where you can and to outsource so that we can be more efficient in what we're doing, especially since women take on so much of the load at home and at work. And my last key takeaway is to check out Ladies Get Paid and to regularly get some of these tips to help you out with your financial future. And that is our show. Thank you so much to Ashley for joining us. Obviously, this was a really fun discussion. If you liked this episode, I hope you'll share it with someone who could benefit from hearing some of these bits of wisdom. And I hope that you'll review the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. And as always, thank you for letting me be honest with you. Thank you, Ashley, for keeping me honest. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.